0: Hello and welcome to episode 193 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. Haydock stages a jumps card on Saturday, whilst Mossborough is the venue for flat racing fans on the same afternoon. We preview both meetings on this podcast, and we also take an early look at the Irish Grand National, which is run on Easter Monday city am racing editor bill esdale previews the best of the weekend's action with wally pyra looking ahead to sunday's meeting in hong kong well bill it's easter and it looks like we're going to have a little bit of sunshine over the uh, easter weekend which is is great news we're going to look at haydock mossabro and we'll look at the irish race as well the irish national on monday in this podcast today but uh weather-wise we're going to start with haydock in a minute or two the ground it's all, all looking pretty good there's no big ground concerns this weekend we did ahead of the uh the national at Aintree next weekend either
1: yeah it's it's, it's strange they even talk about watering at haydock this weekend which is bizarre let's oh. there's, there's talk about the watering cans coming out on friday it's good to soft at, uh, at haydock um with you know, with dry, drying weather and uh, muscle was the same, It's good to soft, soft in places, but you know, it's likely to continue to dry out over the next, we're recording this on on Friday over yeah. the next 24 hours or so. So, so you're looking at kind of good to soft, good in places at worst, probably on both tracks. So
0: now how does that affect your horse? A rare edition. We saw him in the uh, Cheltenham race there and didn't work quite the way the plan. He went up a bit quick in the end and just got caught out for stamina a little bit I guess and things didn't go to plan would you be looking running at Aintree which is a, a course that I would imagine would suit him a lot better flatter track he's done his winning on flat tracks and that that would be ideal any chance of him being there
1: yeah big chance I mean I'm to talk to Charlie tomorrow Saturday and we will kind of make a decision he's he's got the option of a couple of races at Aintree obviously the grade one over two miles there's also a handicap over two miles and um We've also entered him in the Scottish Champion Hurdle, funny enough, on a couple of weekends time on the 22nd of April, um, just as an option. And we'll look at all those races, but Charlie's happy with him. He's in good form and, you know, hopefully we can see the real rare edition.
0: I know Charlie was saying after Cheltenham he was going to look at his win just as a precaution. Anything come out of that and it'll get an all clear?
1: No, no, he's he, he's fine. He's he's fine. We just wanted to check it, check it everything. I mean, probably long term, he might have his win tweaked at some point before he goes goes chasing. But it's certainly not stopping him. Mm. And um, no, he's in he's in he's in good form. Touchwood, and, and hopefully goes there and proves that Cheltenham was just a blip. I, I always kind of convince myself that Mighty Potter pulled up in the race twelve yeah. months ago, and then won won the great one at down. So fingers <laughs> crossed, we can pull a, pull something out of the same locker. Yeah, absolutely,
0: one race you can always put a line through and, and horses definitely can come back from, from that in, in, on many occasions. You know, the Grand National's coming up next weekend. It's, obviously, we love a big story in, in the National. It could be one this year. Davey Russell could be the big story because obviously he retired, then he came back because of Jack Kennedy being injured for Cheltenham. Cheltenham didn't go so well for him. He didn't have a winner, didn't go... plan and he's announced he's going to ride not only at Aintree but in the national on on Galvin what kind of story would that be you know Davey for a long time
1: yeah yeah he's he's I've had a good chat with him this week on a few times he's yeah he's fine I mean there's no secret of the fact that he came back to Cheltenham and he was sore he's he's a tough man he hides um, any kind of injury and he had a very innocuous fall at the Dublin Racing Festival that I think did a lot more damage to him than he ever kind of let on. And it kind of affected him. I felt that he rode brilliantly on the first day of the Cheltenham Festival. If you go back and look at some of the horses he hit the frame on at big prices, no one else would have done that. Yeah. He rode out of his skin. And look, there were there were certain um, rides that people had questions over during the course of the week. But they, <laughs> the reality of the situation is, is that people are quick to say oh he's not the force he was he shouldn't you know, as soon as a horse gets beaten or an odds on shot like mighty potter um let's see what mighty potter does this weekend you know that's that's the key he 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 didn't run straight and strew uh run straight and true at Cheltenham, and it you know let's let's see if he can you know prove better under someone else's stewardship i mean david's not going to ride at fairy house this weekend he'll be back for entry you know gordon said he didn't want him to go out on a bad note and it was would have been a a really sad ending to to go out on a whimper. But the guy's got nothing to prove anymore. He's you know he's won two nationals. He's, he's won it all. But um, I think if he goes and has a nice experience at tree and then maybe that'll be it. Maybe it won't. You know, who knows? But no, he's a brilliant person. A brilliant jockey.
0: And jockeys always like to win. They're very very hard nosed. They just want to win all the time. But would getting just getting round the national fences the next weekend would that be sort of a nice little swan song for him would that be enough for him
1: do you think yeah i don't i, I think he's made his peace with the sport anyway david he's he's um he's a brilliant family man now um whatever michael o'leary might say he he does put his family first and you know i, I have a feeling he's not riding at fairy house this weekend because it's a massive um kind of pony cha- uh, weekend that they've had scheduled with the family he's taking the kids off and he's right. there all weekend um in limerick or wherever they are uh, that's putting your family first, whatever Michael O'Leary may think. And um, you know, he's he probably giving himself a bit more time and then and then goes to Aintree and he'll stop when he wants to stop. You know, he loves the horses and he loves riding. That's that's the key. It's it's difficult to turn the off button. Um and he's physically as fit as a fiddle. You know, he doesn't look forty three or whatever he is. Um, but no, I, I, I wish him the best of luck and hope he has a good good child, uh, good um But We wish him well and I hope
0: he has a good farewell at Aintree next weekend, and all the best to David. Russell. Yeah, and we'll,
1: and we'll definitely, we'll, we'll definitely get him on this, this, this podcast for that. Would be so, nice. Yeah. yeah, we will do yeah. definitely.
0: It's always nice to talk to him. I, mean, I spoke to him. I don't know what it was last year or something. And he, yeah, he, 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 he's busy. He's got things to do. He's, he's, you know, riding horses, and he still takes time out to to spend five minutes talking. And you know, you try that with other sportsmen. It's you know, it's not a gimme by any stretch of the imagination. And he's got he's
1: got his own own business business interests. You know, the thing was that after after Cheltenham, you know, I I he, you know, I was trying to get hold of him, and I thought I thought he was having a bit of kind of quiet time, and he was in Dubai selling horses, you know, the breeze up to so uh, uh, ch- uh, uh, immediately after Cheltenham, yeah, you know, two three days after. But you know, he's he's got his own businesses as well, so you know, fair play to him.
0: Okay, we'll hear from Davey hopefully in a week or two time. After the, the Grand National coming up next week, and we'll hear from a couple of trainers as well. There was a press conference this week, which we'll hear uh, with Sam Thomas and Tim Vaughan, a couple of Welsh trainers looking to provide themselves with a winning. The National will hear from well, that with Great British Racing, who got that organised. That will come up next week. But we're going to look at Haydock, first of all, this week, and the, the TV races there. They go jumping at Haydock mm. on Saturday. It's just shy of two miles at 1.30 for the two-mile hurdle series final handicap. We've got a good field of 14. Bubble Dubby is in there for Stuart Edmonds, having won at Stratford recently over a similar trip. The Gredley family have got two friendly from the Skelton's with Blinkers on for the first time. Tim Leslie's got Word has It, obviously trained by Donald McCain, as I think most of his, if not all of his horses are still take it eases in there for pam sly and others as well looks like a little tricky opener to get us going here
1: yeah very competitive um two mile handicap i'm working on the basis of, of good ground i think the ground should should be be drawing out towards that um come 130 on saturday um bubble w was impressive last time. He's only gone up five pounds i can see totally wise favorite is a six-year-old on the upgrade um definitely the one to beat, just a price thing. Um he was three lengths too good for word hazard at Stratford and won a bit snug that day. And previously bits and pieces of form that puts him bang in the mix um in a race like this. You know, you you go back through um his back form and bubble dubby traced uh rare edition home uh at Sovle on um back in yeah. April last year when he we won did, our yeah. bumper. So uh turned out to, to be um Quite a decent bump of that because it's a fury. It's a fury we talk about a bit later. Who's um, a good horse in his own right and Bubble dubby So um it shows it was it was a, a decent bit of form. Yeah, mm. uh, um, he's, um he's 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 probably the one to beat, but I'll probably take him on 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 price grounds. um There's a, there's a couple I like here. So I've got a terrible cough. Um, that's why I keep having to cough quietly into on mute um but too friendly is one i think has a big chance with blinkers on for the first time drop back to two miles uh for the skeleton team he just didn't get home over two miles five last time on soft off ground he traveled through that race at kempton the race the outlaw peter so it was all saturday after um the festival and traveled with he was kind of a horse that caught your eye the whole way round um and then just flattened out a bit i don't think he stayed i think the drop to a fast run two miles with blinkers on um harry's back in the saddle We haven't seen harry back in the saddle since he was second on this horse to punctuation at cheltenham so we know now that um that's probably the day um i think he'll run really well he's around six to one best price i think he'd has to be on the short list and i'm also going to have an each way saver on old friend WizKid, um who won for us um a few weeks back and did it a bit snugly. The gaps open late, and one in the in the tightest finish beat horse called Sergeant Wilson. That was off a mark of one two two, and he's up to one two four, um, which I still think is a workable mark. I, th- I thought he might go off a bit more than that, but only the two pounds. And I thought eleven to one each way. Wizkid, was just too big a price, so I'll take this race. I'll go two by two in this. I go two friendly, six to one each way, and Wizkid each way with Luke Scott back in the saddle.
0: Okay, the second TV race from Haydock. It's just about an hour later at 2.40, three and a quarter miles thereabouts. Another series final. This is the Stain Chase series final. Handicap, 15 of them going to post. And the are involved here as well with Jeffrey's Cross, who keeps finishing second. That's four times in a row now. Warwick and Fontwell, Banger and Fontwell again. Did win before that, so he has won. But um, all those seconds would maybe leave you a bit of a question mark for him. Mucho mass is in there for Ben Pauling, as we know, having a great season. He's won his last two at Lingfield and Sandown. So at every chance of going in again, and has had the wind operation a couple of runs ago, now with Dr. Richard Newland. Didn't seem to help last time out though. Carlisle, he was beaten 83 lengths. This one and Neon Moon, I should mention Neon Moon because Jack Tudor announced the uh, new stable jockey for, for Davy Pipe after the retirement of uh skew of course so uh good news for jack tudor is he'll probably do really well with Davy pipe and neon moon is their uh, mount in this race how did you see the 240 bill
1: yeah i thought this was a, a really tough race um Jeffrey's Cross is the obvious one, like you said, but yeah, like you, the stringer twos kind of worries me, um, particularly when you're backing a horse that's a short three to one in a place with Paddy Power. Um, look, he's entitled to to, to be bang there again, but just he just doesn't find winning easy. Mucho um, Mass is looking for the hat trick, but the handicap is, i say, and it's a you know it's a big ask, um, lumbering twelve stone round, even though the ground's not terrible. It's the best part of three miles two. Um, and then you're looking at on card is an old friend of ours, but we know he's probably better over further when the rains kind of comes and his second run back from a wind up. So maybe maybe you can forgive him. That I thought it was. I thought it was really hard. I probably played two of big prices um, from an each way perspective. Um, I thought Neon Moon, who's holding his form. You touched on the fact that Jack, Jack Judah um, has the new job at the Pipe Team he's a horse who's just held his form together really well and so much so that handicaps just holding his mark firm at one two five um look mixed it in a better race at newbury last time um warrants a go at this is probably the furthest he's, is in fact the furthest he's been um but yeah i think the little step up in trip the ground's no bother good second to captain or back at ascot off the same mark a couple of starts back um great first ride for Jack Tudor, Tudor kind of high-profile Saturday race. And I just thought ten to one was probably too big a price for a horse that you should be bang there and mixing it. Um, so he'd be my main kind of selection in the race. Um, and then for my kind of each way big price one, um, I was kind of split between Morning Spirit of John Joe O'Neill, who is a horse I I like, who I think um is um he's he's, he's now now stepped to a mark of of one two nine and is competitive was third to mucho mass last time at, at, at Sandown on soft ground um look whether whether he wants the ground as decent as it is is, is, is the question might got bits and pieces of form on good ground but he seems to be a bit better when the mud's flying and that was enough to kind of slightly put me off mm-hmm. and i was prepared to give small present a, a small chance i mean sue smith's team are in very good form um this is a horse that is just now dangerously well handicapped. Runs off a mark of one two two, Um, And I thought one two, 8 was leading in two starts back. He's run two shockers back-to-back. Back. Um, but three starts ago on Boxing Day was a good third to bangers and cash in the kind of Lincolnshire National. Stays really well. Jumps well. Team back in form. He's going to be around the 20-1 to one mark. And just as it's worth a small each way, just on a hope that he can bounce back to form. If he runs like he has on both his last two starts, he'll fall out the back of the telly. But if he just is on a going day, 20 to 1 could be huge, more present, and I'll go with him each way. One more race on ITV
0: at Haydock. It's at 3.15. It's basically three miles. They call it three miles, 58 yards, and then call it three miles, half a furlong. So you take your pick on the distance. There 16 of them. It's another of the uh, series finals. This is the Stayers Hurdle series final. Handicap coming up, four year olds plus. Farmers' Gamble goes once again for the skeletons but this one has won and it won in February at Exeter, winning a handicap hurdle there by an amazing 14 lengths that's gone up nine pounds for that victory. It's So Fury goes in the Gay Smith colors for John John Neal with his son on board, third behind Thomas Moore and Ascot last time. It'd be a great story for Harry Wishington if Doc Pick could win. Uh, him and gavin sheehan and it's won his last two at subtle and at doncaster highland goes in there for nicky henderson and nico de uh amongst others with my bobby dazzler who's uh, just had a wind up comes back on the course after that uh, sad to hear that harry whittington is uh hanging up his boots as a trainer but uh, this would be a story if you could win this
1: yeah good man harry and he's yeah, he's gonna concentrate on kind of pre training of horses because it makes more commercial sense. You know, he's a young guy with a young family and you know, training horses is a brutal game and you know it's probably a sensible move for him and it'd be great to see Doc Pitme run well here, and there's no reason to think he won't. You know, he's he's on a on a hat trick, one on good ground, beat Pylon last time off one two five. Um uh you know, in a in a competitive hurdle race is now off one three one. Look, he's he's going the right way, but he's the handicapper's having his say. Um, should be bang there. Um, it's So fury we mentioned before. Uh, the rare edition form he's he's been in great nick. Um, won you know his his, his first two ever heard wasn't was a good second to Irish Hill. We know that forms decent at Taunton and again was third to Thomas Moore at Asker It's a fury. He's just holding his form really well as a smart smart hurdler in his own right. Um, rated one two six um his his improvements are still there um but it's a wide open race um i've long been a fan of I, I was with him last time when he was third um each way he was kind of on my radar um it was good it was actually sorry it's two starts back when i was with him when he was fourth at, at newbury um i felt he was well handicapped to one three five he's now running off one three three um and uh, as um elizabeth gale who i know very little about taking 10 pounds off so battle <laughs> is we is running off 133 um as well as, uh, running off 133 so in essence he's running off one two three in this race which means that he's in essence running loose and i've got to take a chance on him on that i don't know uh, much um about elizabeth she, she was third on him at warwick um last time look he's he was keeping on over a marathon trip so he stays um i just think he's too big a price uh Jattlewy at 20 to 1 so i'll have kind of one unit each way on Jattlewee. and then i'll also have a saver on highland And <laughs> know for for the nicky henderson team uh key is ground for this horse was a good second to emmerton um at newbury last time i watched that race and Um, felt that he was a winner waiting to happen. That was the first real go at three miles. Um, It's kind of a dramatic half mile plus step up in trip and he was ridden to try and get the trip and I felt that he definitely got it and um, was waiting for room and just kept on, kept on, kept on and this trip and ground should be perfect for him. So I thought Highland's the main selection at eight to one um, but I have a small saver each way on Jettlewee.
0: Okay, that's the jumping at Haydock. We're on the flat at Musselburgh. We did say the flat is back last week. And I've got to say, I haven't spoken to you since, but watching the Doncaster races last week, I thought I'd been transported back a season or two as Vadrim came storming through to win her race for Charlie Fellows. And then Migration came and went storming through to win the Lincoln for David Manusier. I'm thinking these are horses that I've been backing all of last season. And on the first day of the new flat, they both come out and win at decent prices. I think incredible performances.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, we haven't mentioned last week. I mean, first of all, I apologise to everyone for last week because the tipping was shambolic and I based it on the wrong ground. And that rain wasn't forecast. And when you take going descriptions on trust, and you see people talking about goods are soft and. um not truly really bad ground it was virtually heavy by the time we recorded on thursday by the time saturday came about i was actually in Dubai watching it and um you know um, migrations a horse that's long been on my radar we were were very keen on him in the Balmoral last year um my selection one is just didn't didn't handle the ground you know charlie hill said look soft was fine heavy was never going to be a problem was never going to be his his bag and you know, he he was virtually pulled up, which was frustrating. But that's the danger of us trying to go in advance. That sometimes the ground goes in your favour, and sometimes it goes against you. It's like a, uh, a toss of a coin. Sometimes mm. these things go with you.
0: But to be fair, they interviewed Charlie Hills two minutes before the race, and with his sons, and they all said he will he will handle the ground. We really think he's going to handle the ground, and it was patently clear throughout the race that. It, he was that's... never going to handle the ground and, and as you say was basically pulled up so that was two minutes before so unless we do the podcast basically as they're going in the stalls you've got no chance have you really
1: yeah that's i mean i think it's just just the basis of of the you're making all your selections on the basis you think the ground's going to be soft good to soft in places you're going to be different if you think it's going to be soft heavy in places it's a very different um <laughs> different 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 game and it's hard you know it's attritional and you, you take fitness and ability to handle ground on trust, and um, it's it was definitely definitely an, uh, an old-fashioned start to the to the jumps the flat season.
0: Yeah, all all my wins from last year came flooding back without my money on them this year. Great stuff, well done uh, to those uh, involved. Okay, Musselburgh on Saturday. 150 is their first race. It's the flat. It's a mile. It's the uh, Royal Mile handicap with nine runners. Captain Winter's got cheap pieces on first time. For Kevin Ryan, these are all three roles in this race. Manitou for the inform Archie Watson. Holly Doyle, she's back after an injury as well. Uh, they run. I think it's been running over in uh, in France at Chantilly in a Listed race uh, most recently. Manitou, Line of Wars, the one of the Qatar racing horses with Charlie Johnson and Sheen Murphy in the saddle. Dumfries, Metahorse going this one with Finch Charms well. Uh, how do we see the opener, Muscle Bro? What's well, got us off there?
1: Yeah, it'll be decent ground. It should be should be fine. Um, there's no rain forecast. It should be, should be drying out. Favorites, um, Captain Captain Winters, who wears pieces for the first time. Kevin Ryan's already kind of hit the ground running. Um, he's got bits and pieces of form that makes him the one to beat here. Um, particularly his third and enlisted to naval power. Um, one at first handles decent ground. Um, look, he's the obvious one. Um, off a mark of ninety four, he'll 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 take some beating. He's he's, he's pretty decent. Um, Lion of War will have his fans for Ocean Murphy riding for Charlie Johnson. Um, he's another one who um, was that he actually finished behind Captain Winters in that listed race at the Ascendant Stakes at Haydock. So their form kind of is is closely tied up, and um, but he, he'll be popular. Um, I was going to give a chance to to the other charlie johnson horse finn's charm at 10 to 1 um he's a horse who um his kind of form fell off the cliff a bit he was well beaten at naval power behind naval power in that listed race at at um Asgard on king george day the day that king of stars ran <laughs> and he hung all over the place and kind of faded and was eased down frankie rode in that day he was nearly favorite um behind um naval power in that listed race and and then followed that up with an equally woeful run um at Doncaster. But it was his early pieces of form, you know, he was he was fourth in a Chesham, which is arguably the best piece of form in here. Um and previously one is made here at Musselburgh by you know the length of Scotland. Um eight and a half lengthy one. Um I just thought this kind of classic Mark John Dool- John Mark and Charlie Johnson to get him ready for a race like this first up got a nice drawing trap too to go forward I just thought yeah 10 to 1 I'd rather be with him trying to make all um, than one of the cleverer ones trying to mow down I thought he was probably quite a good bet each way at 10 to
0: 1 furlongs for the Silver Arrow handicap 12 runners here and Autumn Festival doesn't know anything else but winning I don't know how many is it 5 in a row now and David O'Mara um, really did well with him last year July August September October wins all of those months Sandown Chepstow Beverly Musselburgh, um, all over seven one over seven and a half so that's definitely his trip and Autumn Festival is going to be very popular you, you would have thought in this Guido goes for for Katie Scott for the very much in form uh, and, and name of the future Billy Loughnan who's claiming five at the moment but he's just riding out of his skin and And at that age, was he 16, 17? He just has no fear, does he? And just goes for those gaps and riding with a load of confidence. Charlie Johnson's got another one in this one, this time for Midland Park. That's the gatekeeper who won at Newcastle on your weather two starts ago. Jim Goldie got abduction in the race. A bling on the music had a wind up. Ed Walker and Safi Osborne combined. Dirty Old Town um, was um, popular. But uh, beaten a long way in that spring mile, 47 lengths. That was just last weekend, wasn't it, at the start of the flat. So uh, the uh, 225 Autumn Festival, is, you know, it's going on. He was 70 when he won his first race in July last year. He's now off 91, Bill. It's that's a tough ask, isn't
1: it? Yeah, 21 pounds up in the weights doesn't doesn't make life um particularly easy for Autumn Festival. He's got those gateposts, as they call them in America, five five wins next to his name, he's gonna be very popular, like you say. And he's got to carry on where he left off. And he might well do, but he's twenty one pounds higher. It makes life really tough. Trap eleven. Um look he he's he can go and win if he wants to win. Um he won't be carrying my money. I think he's he's take onable. Um look, there's loads of horses you can you can make cases out for here. I thought this was the hardest race we're covering all weekend. Um I thought Guido could run well Um, I thought abduction could go well for the Jim Goldie team. Dirty old town. As a horse you mentioned, there's been plenty of money around for him. He was drawn out in the car park. Couldn't win from his draw last time. The ground was too soft last weekend, but, um, he's been dropped a couple of pounds despite the fact that the jockey, um, given the hardest of races when his chances have gone. Uh, I thought this was, was brutally hard (laughs) in these kind of races when, when they're hard to pick them. um, I tend to look towards the classier types, towards the top, and I actually gave Spirit of Light a chance for Ian Williams and Kieran Fallon. will um, come here, fit as a fiddle from Maidan. I uh, had five runs out over a mile and seven furlongs over there, but there were a couple of really good runs there, um, particularly back in January. He was second, um, second to Shining Blue um, over seven furlongs when favourite. Yeah, there's not many of these would be favourite for a Maydan handicap and Spirit of Light was ran on really well and was just, just touched off in that um, off his mark of 97. Um, got up to 100, which makes life a bit tough, but ended up finishing 6th to Dania um, in, the, in the listed race out there. Um, he ran on really well that day. Uh, wasn't beaten far behind Dania, was only beaten 6 or so lengths and Dania went on and won the big sprint on um the Alquaz group one sprint on on World Cup night. So but that form is is far and away above all of these. Um rounded off the the Maidan campaign with a, with another good run, went fifth to to Al um over six furlongs, Um typically running on when the race is kind of finished and snapping back up seven furlongs, trap one, off a mark of a hundred, bits of fiddle. Um, I thought nine to one was a huge price, and um, yeah, I go with Spirit of Light. I think he's the classy one in the race, and I think he could win.
0: We've got a sprint at three o'clock, five furlongs, the whirlpool Scottish Sprint cup handicap, another big field, fourteen of them now came from the dark. I put in the same kind of draw as vadream as a horse. We kept backing, backing back in last season, and he he didn't win, but one day. He is going to win, and we're not going to be backing him at the time. I could just see it happening. It may be Saturday. Came from the dark for Ed Walker and Sheen Murphy, possible favourites for this Scottish Sprint Cup. We've got Mackinac going for Julie Camacho, who got up by a nose to win over course and distance, and has only got up a pound for that at Mossabra. Zarzini is in there as well with Ben Curtis on board. He's uh, been in some big races, some heritage handicaps, not been out since October of, of last year. Vintage Clarets is another horse that's been promising a lot but hasn't won since September. But it seems an awful long time ago now, Bill, when came from the dark on the 3rd of July won the Coral Charge Group 3 at Sandown, beat Arecibo, and I, I think I remember sort of having the, the dual forecast on that occasion that these were the horses we wanted to be on, and it all worked out, but it hasn't since then, has it?
1: Yeah, hasn't since then. And and look, he's 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 been given a chance by the handicapper. Now that's the key. We came to the dark. He's he's back to a mark of ninety-seven. Um, ran in this race a couple of years ago. So unlucky winner off ninety. Uh, unlucky loser, beaten ahead, went third in, in in the race with Holly Doyle rode him off a mark of ninety-nine. So he's two pounds below that. Um, look, had a few runs at the back end of last season. Um, began life off 104 is now up oh, began life off 108. Sorry. Um, last season has kind of slowly shrugged off those shackles to be a well handicapped horse, um, for the Ed Walker team. And yeah, Ocean Murphy rides plenty to like Look, takes on an old yardstick. Mac and I three times here. Loves, loves muscle, bro. Those are the, these are the two, these are the two, you know, you try, I try to find something else in the race. Um, but you know, I can't I couldn't really split these two. Um the Camacho team have been amongst the winners. The, the horse has run this race in the past. Great wrestler at Musselborough last seen out him at at it's Just a handicap mark. He's got a win off of off of hundred plus, which is not an easy feat for him. Um tends to his 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 winning in the nineties if he can. Um but, you know, he won in October of of 2020 at Musselburgh. Um, it was a conditions race, but beat Danzino and Lampang. Yeah, that forms block solid. It's just an age thing with him. You know, he's, he's, he's getting on a bit now. Um, it just came down as a, as a bit of a coin toss there. They're both decent prices. Coral are 11 or 2, came for the dark. 13 to 2, Mackinac. Look, I think they'll both be shorter. Um, wouldn't put people off backing both. Um, if I had to go for one, I'd go for came for the dark. I just think that his handicap mark and title seem to go really close, and I think um, Ed would have had this race on the radar for a long time, and I thought 11-2 came from the dark was fair, and I think I'd take him to win. Okay, and finally at where
0: we go from five furlongs to a mile and three quarters. It's the Whirlpool Queen's Cup, Heritage Handicap, another big field of 14, Spirit Mixer probably going to be popular. Andrew Balding's already had a few winners this season. Jeff Smith Colours... He's by Frankel out of a Dubai mare. Not expected that the Frankels to be running over a mile and three quarters and winning, but um, this horse has won three times in a row. That was all in May of last year, and then you haven't seen him since July. Spirit Mixer will be popular. Good show for Keith Dalgleish. He's only had three runs. Uh, he won on debut at Hamilton, and has been... Well, quite a close second up last time. Only beaten ahead. That was at Nottingham. Wise Eagle goes for Danny Tudum, a winner last time at Pontefract. We've got one smooth operator. And Paul Nichols has got a horse and the flat for the McNeil family. We've got Pleasant Man, who's been second three times in a row, which is basically the story of Max McNeil's horse racing live. Very close. Not quite getting those big victories. So from five furlongs to a mile and three quarters, a son of Frankel. Is it Spirit Mixer's time?
1: Yeah, could could well be. I mean, the bowling team has started the season well. Um, Callum Hutchinson takes off a good five pounds to Spirit Mixer. Um, you know, you go back through the catalogue of form and good second to Trushan and uh, Newcastle in the Northumberland Plate last summer. You know, puts in bang here up to a mark of 97. Um, only three pounds higher and with Callum Hutchinson taking the five pounds off. If Spirit Mixer returns in that form, he'll win this race. And that's the big if, it's whether he can do it after a big absence. There's no reason to think he can't. He'll definitely strip fitter for the run. That's the thing you've got to kind of factor into your into your mind, but you certainly wouldn't um you wouldn't rule it out. Um good chose, an interesting haul for Keith Aglis won really well at Hamilton first up and then was throwing the deep end at, at Ascot and then was just unlucky not to win at Nottingham um the time after that. Uh, begins life in handicaps off a mark of ninety. You've just got a feeling he might be better than that. The very fact that they threw him into um, a group three at Ascot on his second start, even though it didn't go according to plan. He was an 80-1 to one shot and he was fell full out the back of the TV. Um, you seem to think that they thought he was decent. And Jason Watson's a good jockey booking, booking four-year-old, progressive. trips probably right. Um, I was probably at the prices leaning towards him. Uh, they kind of 11 to two six to one mark, rather than than spirit mixer at the prices. Um, I thought he was just had the potential to be quite smart, and yeah, I will go with um, I will go with good show um, to prove ahead of his mark.
0: Okay, that's the action from Musselburgh and indeed from Haydock as well on Saturday. We're going to have a quick look at the uh, the Ball Sports Irish Grand National at Fairy House on Easter Monday. It's at five o'clock. It is on ITV4. They're covering uh, some of the racing there, including the Irish Grand National. Um, At the moment, obviously, we record this on Easter Friday. There's still 46 possibilities, um, and it's going to be tough to figure out who's going to run and who's not. But first of all, three miles, five. That's quite a short trip, isn't it, for any kind of national, mostly over four miles and stuff like that. But... uh, Ferry House, three miles, five. How, how did you see this one? Now, obviously, JP will be looking to win it. He's always got some nice horses uh, going for big races like this, and he's, he's got a few possibilities here.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're doing this before declarations, which is always a dangerous thing to do, but um, I'd like to think we kind of got a semi-lid on what's going to run. Um, and the Devil's Coachman's going to be favourite uh, for Noel Meade and JP's one. won um, the races he's kind of entitled to win he's you know, he's won um i think four of his last five and didn't stand up in the race that he that by oh, mighty potter at fairy house um but he's the classy one he's a bit like the kind of galliard Menil who was second in the race last year he's the classy type you just wonder whether he jumps well enough that's the only concern with him he wins his races but um he tends to clout the odd one um, which just kind of concerns me a bit I mean look if he stays on his feet he'll probably go very very close but you know he's a 7 6 to 1 chance he's, he's pretty short at this early stage um, I'm a huge fan of Martin Brazel and Panda Boy of his 12 14 to 1 chance um, not seeing him he fell behind um, early at Leperstown behind Lieutenant Command the last time we saw him, but had previously just been touched off, um, off a kind of four pound higher mark in the Paddy Bow chase <laughs> over Christmas, ran an absolute cracker. Um, uh, keeping on best of all, it was over three miles and just lost out, you know, getting there with every stride and real steel held on, beat deal curve, but it was Panda Boy that was wearing down on them. Um, and I just in my mind that day, I felt, wow, let's like see him in an Irish national. And here we are, he's heading towards an Irish national and he just seems to me like a well-handicapped horse trained by a brilliant, brilliant trainer in Martin Brazel um, who, he's got a live one in the English national with Longhouse Poet. But I just thought Panda Boy, 10, 12 to 1, whatever he will be, the, the prices are suspended at the moment because they're about to be declarations. But um I think he would be the one I would be leaning towards most at, at, at this early stage. I just think he's he's... Rock solid, trained by a brilliant, brilliant trainer, and I think he can go really well.
0: So, we've got racing in Ireland on the Monday, Easter Monday coming up this weekend. But before that, on Sunday, on Easter Sunday, they race at Tin Racecourse in Hong Kong. And our Hong Kong racing expert, Wally Pyra joins us once again this week to look forward to, Wally, what looks like a couple of really good Group 2 races coming up on Sunday. Yeah, you're
2: right. Um, 11 races on the uh, Tin car, two on the all-weather surface. A race which they call a Griffin race, which is for unraced uh, horses, Um in Hong Kong, the opening race, mm-hmm. and featuring a couple of Group 2 sprints, which sees, um, well, say two or three of Hong Kong's finest gallopers on show, um, starting probably with Race 8, which is the 9.05. It's the Group 2 Sprint Cup. It's over six furlongs, half a million pound in, in prize money there, and it features obviously um, the best sprinter in Hong Kong at present, Lucky Swayness. He's, um, he's 10 wins, three places from just 14 starts. He's won nearly 3 million in prize money. As I've just said, he's the top rated sprinter. Started the season on a rating of 98. He's now up to 130. He's two points in front of the former champion sprinter, Wellington. Who chased uh, Lucky Swainus last time out? Obviously, um, he's been prepared, Lucky Swainus, for the, the big 2 million Group 1 Chairman Sprint Prize at the end of this month over six furlongs. The horse is still improving. They don't know how good. They don't even know what the ceiling is going to reach. Is mm. his best trip six furlongs or seven furlongs? That's what he won over last start. Maybe even a mile. Um, his latest. When he beat California Spangle, who we'll talk about in a minute, in Group One Queen Silver Jubilee Cup over seven furlongs last month. Mm-hmm. Very, very difficult to see him getting beat. W- Richard Gibson probably wouldn't agree with that. I think Gibson was a little bit disappointed with his uh, horse last start when he was behind Lucky Swayness. I mean, he's a four time Group One winner, he's the reigning champion of this race. He's obviously going to give it a good shot, but maybe the shine is just wearing a little bit thin. Despite him winning in December, he's been beaten a couple of times since, and maybe the shine is just rubbing away a bit.
0: As you said, Wally, last time it was over seven, wasn't it, that Queen Silver Jubilee Cup? Dropping back to six, does that give Wellington more of a chance? Well... That's his best
2: trip. That's his optimum distance. But he did. He had one over seven furlongs. Wellington, mm. because he looked like he'd been clearly outpointed um, by Lucky Swayneus over over the six. This is the idea: was well, maybe the seven furlongs may may bring a bit of improvement. Well, he didn't. He was well beat. He was beat just turning into the home stretch. So it's very difficult to see Lucky Swayneus getting beat here. Um, John Size runs his horse Courier Wonder, who looked like he was going to be an absolute flying machine a couple I of remember. seasons back, yeah, yeah. hasn't hasn't worked out for him. He does get five pounds from the principal too. He was fourth behind Lucky Swainus in the Queen's Silver Jubilee Cup over the seven, probably mm. better over the six, but difficult to see him winning it. May may run into the place. The interesting thing for Lucky Swainus, what we're hoping is. Um, that he wins this race. He wins it convincingly because you could then see Lucky Swain as, um being marked up to running maybe the uh, the world's richest sprint, the Everest over in Australia, and mm-hmm. even thinking about Japan and Royal Ascot in June. So as long as Lucky Swain as wins, he could be on track for um, races abroad later in the season. So we'll see okay. what happens. Unfortunately, if you fancy Lucky Swainus, you want to have a bet on him, you're not going to get any value at all. He's mm. going to be probably a a 1.3, yeah, 1.3 chance, 1.4, or no. in talking in, in our odds, probably around about four to one on. I would yeah, imagine he yeah. will be that price. But okay. nevertheless, it's worth the seeing him. Now, um, 35 minutes later, we go on to the group two chairman's trophy. Another that's got a £500,000 purse. And we see the great California Spangle. He's chasing his fourth win this season, concedes £5 to his rivals. The Hong Kong mile winner, I mean, what's his his record? His nine wins seven places against the best, um, certainly the best, many of them in the world in 16 starts. He's won in prize money he's won 5.3 million pounds so that's the sort of horse that he is Mm. is he luckily and i say this luckily the weather has been appalling in hong kong over the last uh uh, 10 days or so Mm. um on racing at happy valley on thursday it was pouring down with rain during the uh the action but the sun's come out now, the temperature's rising, and the weather is going to be warm and sunny on Sunday. That was the big worry, because if it had been a rain-softened track, you wouldn't know how California Spangle was going to act on it. But it looks like everything is okay for him. The opposition, well, you've got the old, the old grand old stager there, Waikuku, again, he runs in all the big races – John Size always says that why cuckoo is form tails off at the end of April. Well, we're coming to it now. Mm-hmm. It's very, very difficult to see him win. You've got the other horses like Toby and Diamond in the race. Beauty joy. This is his optimum distance. If it had rained, if it was if, if the ground was slow, which he was charting last Sunday, he may have had a chance. Money catcher. Well, Money Catch has been running over much further than this, ran a great race last time out behind Golden 60, but that was over the 10 furlongs. He drops down in distance, and then you've got Running Glory that's up in class, Columbus County, God, he's the old, grand old stayer, isn't he, and happy, health, healthy, happy. It's again hard to see California Spangle getting beat. He's another one that's going to probably start around the four to one on mark. So, as betting purposes, these two races, these two Group Twos, are not really worth speculating in. But mm. they're certainly w- worth watching. Two very, very, very good smart gallopers. Okay. So they're the two main races for betting propositions. And I know we always like to have a little flutter on some of these races. Indeed. Race 6, the 8 o'clock, Hong Kong Lions Cup handicap over five furlongs Only five furlongs. Got a few decent horses in this race. Notably, We Are Hero. He's a winner of three of his last four starts over the um, course and distance. Got Bowman back. Bowman's been on, in Australia. Has come back. He's got a good draw. One with his head in his chest last time out. It's going to be hard to beat against him. You've got a horse called now Atomic Force. Now some of our listeners w- or would probably remember this horse. He won the pre uh, Robert Papam in 2021. He was supposed to have run in the pre Labay that year, but was sold to Hong Kong. He's done nothing so far until his last start, where he was a bit of a surprise. Won a Happy Valley. 25 to one okay so you might say well was that a bit lucky or not Casper founds trains it Casper suddenly the king of the valley hit back he hasn't he's had a very lean spell in February and March but he hit back on uh, Thursday with four winners he trains the atomic force could run well California deeply very very quick horse. He's one two and plays two from six starts, but they're all been at happy valley. He now tries uh Chartin. This is a horse that gets back so far, looks like he's got no chance and he's got an explosive turn of finishing pace at the end. He tries his luck over the straight five at Chartin he's he's only trial once um over the straight five thousand and he won it so. He's worth keeping an eye on. And another horse called Northern Beaches from Chris So's yard. He's a newcomer. He's only had two trials. His family is full of sprinters. He's got definite ability. He's at the bottom weight. He's mm-hmm. worth an interest. And finally, race 10, the uh, Pollock Handicap over seven furlongs, a class two run it, race running at 10.15. We've got some of our old, stages again in the same old horses turning up again like Circuit, Stella, Hat-Trick Seeker um, he won he, but he needs he needs to dictate matters and he likes to do it on a pretty easy run he won't get it this time Golden Scenery he needs a very strong tempo to show his um, show his best form may get it fantastic treasure looks in form then we get to this packing treadmill now, Packing Treadmill was th- was earlier in the season was third in the four-year-old classic series Hong Kong Mile to Voyage uh, Voyage Warrior. And we know what he's done since. Last time out, he was second to Victor, the winner. Very, very progressive sprinter. That is over six furlongs. Seven furlongs is his ideal trip got a big chance. The only worry you've got there is that Francis Loy is on a bit of a losing streak at the moment. He's doing very well this season, but he is on a losing streak, I think, of over 30 losers. So, that is a little bit of a worry, but certainly got a big chance. And running against him is a horse called Red Lion, the John Sy, Zach, Purton combination. They've got a wonderful strike record uh, this season. Perton got it on it for the first time at Sharting last start, won very comfortably, but he's up in class, got a penalty, but Perton's riding at his minimum weight, and he doesn't do that unless he thinks he can win on them. So that's an obvious threat. Keep an eye on a horse at the bottom, near the bottom, called Flaming Rabbit. And The reason I mention this horse is it's his first start. He's trained by Douglas White. He's an ex- a German-trained galloper, at least I hope I've got it pronounced properly, when he ran um, in the UK, I think it's Rocky Gianni. Rocky Gianni won three starts. He won the Pre Moulin in France. He was fifth in the Jersey Stakes at Royal Ascot and he won in Germany. He was bought specifically to run in the Hong Kong Derby. All came too soon for him. didn't come to show his best at all. He's now started to go, get near his peak. Uh, he trialed nicely at Happy Valley recently. Um, and he's an interesting horse first up. It's difficult for a horse to win first up in this company, class three company, uh, sorry, class two company, but he could run a race. So well worth watching. So all in all, a pretty decent card on Sunday.
0: Thanks, Wally. Good luck with your selections. Thanks to Bill Esdo for his uh, selections today as well at Musselburgh and Haydock and indeed in Ireland as well. Now we'll be back again with special episodes next week as we look ahead to the three days at Aintree. So look out for new episodes on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday all next week looking ahead at all three days of the Grand National Meeting at Aintree. Make sure that you join us for all of those. And don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips and you can follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music or Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released.